0: Our text will be found in Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at verse 13 and verse 14. There's some very precious principles here I want to pull out and consider as uh, we're kind of turning the corner into a new year. So Philippians chapter 3, of course we know this is Paul writing the church of Philippi. I want to focus in this morning on verse 13 and verse 14. Philippians 3, verse 13, the Bible says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads if you would. Father, I come before You with a thankful heart and a grateful heart for all that You've done and all the many ways You've blessed us, Lord. We are thankful to be able to gather this morning and to sing Your praises, to look together in Your Word. I ask now that You would remove the distractions, the fears, the things that might be tugging at our hearts and our minds and help us to be attentive. Speak to us, Lord, through Your Spirit and through Your Word this morning and do the work in us that only You can do. I pray that You would speak over me, speak through me, and I would simply say what you have what you would have said and nothing more lord and just be with us this morning and move among us i ask this in the name of jesus amen so here we are at the close of another year rounding the corner into a brand new one and it always is kind of a time for reflections and resolutions right this is when you start thinking about how much you need to work out and how good you're going to be and how long it'll last which is usually only a couple months at best and how you got to change this and you got to change that and we reflect on all these things it seems like at the end of the year it's a time of thinking back and thinking ahead and how did it go and did I do what I wanted to do and what's left for me to accomplish and how can things be better it's a kind of the, the way our mind gets around this time of year. Well, if you're like me this year, you're kind of standing around saying, what on earth happened? <laughs> what, what just happened? Is it already passed? I cannot believe another year has flown by. Ah, for me, it's been so jam-packed busy and trying to, to reel this way and that with each new coming challenge. It kind of seems like I haven't had time to think. So it's flown by. And at the same time, I realize for some, it feels like it's been three years since March. We kind of got caught in the whirlwind. This has not been a normal year. We've said it many times. This has not been normal, if whatever you want to call normal. We've all been impacted by it in some way. We've all had to make changes. We've all faced challenges, and those challenges have been a bit out of the ordinary. Some worse than others, yes. But can I say we have seen God moving in all of it? Think back and all that you've faced just in the past six, nine months. All the pain and all the fear and all the uncertainty and all the chaos and all the frustration, have we not seen God work in it? Have we not seen God move in it? We have, haven't we? In fact, in some ways, I have seen and experienced some of the biggest blessings of my life through some of the hardest challenges of my life. Don't lose that perspective as we go into this next year. Yes, there's some uncertain things. There are some unknowns that we face. But God has brought us through this far and He will not leave us in this new year. The end of the year always uh, affords us an opportunity, if we will take it, uh, to kind of make some changes. It's a chance to really take a look at where we are right now uh, with God in our own hearts, and our own minds. Maybe what we have faced and how we have reacted to that. It's a time to take a look at our own attitudes and our own habits and see where we have grown and see what we need to let go. Each year I preach a message along these lines. The idea is of a reset Sunday, kind of where we, we take time to really take a look at ourselves. And uh, before we lay out a vision and a goal for the next year, we need to reflect on where we are right now. Because chances are, if you're like me, over this past year, maybe you've picked up some unwanted baggage. Maybe you've gotten into some unhealthy habits, not just physically, I'm talking spiritually. And you've picked up some attitudes and feelings maybe that you shouldn't have and those have become part of your being through these hard times. And do we really, do we really want to carry those things into the new year? Quite frankly, you shouldn't carry some of those things into tomorrow. But we do, day by day. Things like bitterness, fear, fear, unforgiveness we walk around too often burdened by the things that we should not be burdened by listen there's plenty out there to affect our hearts there's the lost condition of the world around us there's people suffering in pain and they have no peace in that pain why would we want to pile on other things that we shouldn't be carrying around the writer of Hebrews talks about weights that beset us that weigh us down as in our walk with God as we try to serve him. You ever feel like that? Do you feel like that this morning? Maybe you're walking around bearing some weights that you shouldn't be. Well, there's probably some things in our life we need to forget and let go to replace them with some godly attitudes. Because there are attitudes in our heart, there are actions in our heart and in our mind, and things that we do actually can get in the way between us and God. They can keep us from God and knowing His joy and His peace and being the servant we need to be. So, maybe today we need to stop and reset. You ever have your phone act all wacky? Like you're missing calls or... No text messages. Mine does that from time to time, and I'm sure you know, uh, you, know, you know the same thing. And you have to reset it, right? You have to restart the phone. I don't know what happens, but then it starts working right. You know, maybe today you need to do that with your own heart. Maybe you've gotten into some bad habits, some, some bad feelings, and you need to stop today, let some things go, and get back on the right track. Paul here gives us some important principles that I want to set before you right from the get-go. I want to bring a few thoughts from our text and then apply them to to what the Lord has laid on my heart. So look, if you would, in verse 13. We're coming right in the middle of a thought that's usually a no-no for me, but we're going to ask the Lord's grace and kind of see what Paul's talking about here. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, What is he talking about? He says, I'm not there yet. Actually, what Paul is talking about is wanting to know Christ better, to live up to the power of His resurrection, to the ultimate when He stands before Him in the resurrection of the dead in a glorified state and it's all done. That's the goal. To finally be with Christ and to be found faithful. And Paul says, hey man, I'm not there yet. None of us is at perfection. You know that, right? Because there seems to be a lot of people that think their thoughts are the best and everything they choose to do is right simply because they think it's right. Well, I'm me. You should listen to me. <laughs> You're not perfect. You haven't attained. If Paul hasn't attained to perfection, we haven't. Trust me. None of us have. I know I'm not perfect. I know that there is still things I'm reaching out for still. Uh, a closeness in my relationship with God that I want to attain things that I as Paul says in Romans chapter 7 there's things that I do that I really hate but yet I keep doing them because that sinful nature and there's things that I really want to do you know it's, sometimes it's so hard for me to do you ever find yourself right there You probably find yourself there this morning I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not yet what I'm going to be. There's an old children's song I remember singing growing up. God's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. So none of us can sit here this morning and tune out and say, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm doing everything I want to do. And there's nothing I'm doing that is sinful and fine. I'm good. Well, you're either in denial or you need some help because we are all at that same place. None of us has attained. But Paul doesn't rest in that. You see, it's one thing to admit, yeah, I'm not perfect. I need work. It's one thing to say that, but sometimes we have the, uh, the uh, tendency to just sit down and say, well, I am what I am. Lord's got to accept me that way. No, Paul doesn't rest there. He says, I haven't apprehended, but this one thing I do, there's something I'm doing. I know I'm not at perfection. I know there's a place I want to be, but I'm not going to sit back here and do nothing. No, I'm taking action in that. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. The, the word forgetting carries the, carries the idea of neglecting. There's some things in the past that would tug at me. And I'm going to neglect that pull. And reaching forward, the idea there is stretching out to things ahead, namely to what he says in verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, we'll talk about what that mark is in a few, but first I I, want to simply think together about some, some things that it would be good for us to forget. Some things and some attitudes, maybe in our own hearts, that it would be good to neglect and to let go. And hopefully these will be helpful and hopefully they'll resonate with you and cause you to think about your own life and your own hearts, because there are things in all of our hearts and minds that we hold on to that get in the way, right? So as you listen, I simply would ask that you consider your own self and what it is that might be getting in the way or that took you off track? What is it that's keeping you from a vibrant and healthy relationship with God? So I'll give just a few suggestions of what maybe to let go and what to replace it with, and we'll let the Lord lead in it. How about we let go of fear and replace it with faith? Let go of fear and replace it with faith. There has been a lot to be scared of, isn't there? Hasn't there? Or at least we've been told to be scared of a lot. We've got the virus, sickness from it, job loss, the political climate. There's a lot that could engender fear in our hearts and in our minds. There's a lot of what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I get sick? Or what if I lose my job? What if? What if? What if? And you know people live their lives controlled by what ifs. Literally stopping everything and holding them captive. Our hearts and our minds can be consumed by the fear of what is going on or the fear of what might happen. And we can find ourselves living in this state of, Always afraid of what could happen, that we're sure is going to happen, but never quite does. Why are we so afraid? I can understand fear in the world. I can understand fear in someone's heart who does not know God, but us, who have been saved by the blood of Jesus, us who are serving Him as God's people, why are we so afraid? Now, don't mistake what I'm saying. As I've heard many times over this course of this pandemic, people foolishly saying that it is a lack of faith to be cautious. No, by no means. God gave us a brain to think smartly but i am saying that we as god's people are not to be arrested by and held captive by fear so that everything else including our lives and service to god is sacrificed on that altar because that's what it is fear can be something you serve whether you know it or not Fear has been in plenteous supply as of late. And maybe it's caused us to forget a few things. Namely, that we have a father who is bigger than that. We have a father who is bigger than anything. The psalmist writes, David writes actually in Psalms 56, verse 3, What time I am afraid I will trust in thee. You find your heart. Facing some fear? You find fear in your heart or you're facing a fearful circumstance? What does the psalmist say? I trust in God. I don't run other places. I'm going to run straight to you. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. You know, we can be shaken in our mind by the what-ifs and what might happen. But if our mind is stayed on the character and nature and provision and grace and mercy of God, well, you're going to find yourself in peace. Trusting in the One who holds all things in His hand. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, and the spirit being this, this attitude, this this kind of tone of our life. We don't have this spirit in us of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We are to be living not in a fearful way, but in a, powerfully, a powerful way that is evident of who is in control of our life. In a spirit of love and of a sound or settled mind there's some people who reel with each newscast and each new statistics uh, that are put out. Do we find ourselves doing that or do we find ourselves of a sound mind? There's a reason why we can be. There's a reason why I can say I do not fear no matter what we are facing. It's because of this, Isaiah 41 and 10, God Himself says, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee by the right hand of my righteousness. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6 says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid, for the Lord thy God, He it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper and I will not fear. Can you say that this morning? Is your trust in him and him alone? Or are you too afraid of your little system being messed up? You know, if I lose my job, I'm pretty scared of losing my job because then my whole lifestyle and what am I going to do for where I live and what I drive and what I wear? Or the value we place on our own health or these things that we can hold up higher than God that when those things are threatened we become very fearful. (laughs) Maybe we ought to Take the fear out, let go of it, and replace it with faith. Sometimes I think it, I, th- I think we forget who it is that watches over us. There's an old song we sing, His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. If God watches over his creation, does he not watch over us and protect us and guide our lives and hold all things in His almighty hand, the one who we call Father, who cares for us as His own children, the one who promised never to leave us or forsake us. All I'm saying is maybe it's time we take a breath, let go of some of that fear, and replace it with faith. Place our faith and our trust in God. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things that could scare us. But can I say this morning, it will be all right? <laughs> it will be all right. How do I know? How can I say that in the midst of all this going on? Because I know whom I have believed. I know him. I know he works all things together. For the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And all things doesn't just mean the things I think are good or the way things I think they should go. All things, good, bad, all. God is working this for your good, whether you see it or not. And what if the worst happens? I don't say this flippantly or arrogantly. But for the child of God, death has no sting. Grave, where is thy victory? Death, where is thy sting? (laughs) The worst thing that can happen to us in this world is just the start of an eternity of joy and peace and love. It's the going home to my Savior who loves me so. You see, my best life is not here. My best life is yet to come. And in the meantime, I can trust Him fully to know what He is doing. Are you trusting Him? Or are you so scared of loss or sickness or a thousand other what-ifs that your faith has dwindled away? Perhaps it's time to hit the reset on that. Let go of some of the fear. Replace it with faith. Second thing I'd like to set before you is maybe we should let go of some frustration and replace it with love. Let go of some frustration and replace it with love. That might sound off at first, but think about it. If there is one emotion or attitude or feeling that probably all of us have dealt with this last year, it's frustration. <laughs> that things are out of our control. What are these people doing? Why are they making these kind of decisions? Do they understand? Do they have a brain in their head? You know, At least maybe that's just me. but I think we've all kind of faced things like that. We're being told what to do against our will. Jobs are being lost because places are being shut down and the economy is tanking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know. Do you think that can take its toll and have damaging effects on us? Sure it can. Instead of having a sweet spirit and a Christ like attitude with those we meet, we're walking around rather ticked off now, aren't we? Good morning, sir. What do you want? (laughs) I have my mask on. Leave me alone. Where's the teepee? (laughs) We're on edge. We're feeling the stress of it because we're frustrated. There is a divide in society like never before. Us versus them. And it's taken different forms. Maybe it's left versus right as far as politics go. Or maybe it's the so-called racial divides that are in many ways being pushed on us. Or how you're reacting to this whole virus whether you're cautious or not cautious, or you name it, there seems to be a divide being pushed out there. Like there's separation. And it's you versus them. Us versus them. Most of it by the mainstream media, by the way. They're, they're pushing this stuff. If you don't feel this way, then you're wrong. and And if you're in this camp that's wrong, you're to be looked down on and hated. And how could you feel that way? And, You've all seen that and you've all heard that, right? Constantly telling us how evil the other side is. Beloved, that is not God's work. That is the work of Satan, who is the father of lies and he's doing his best right here in this this time that we're facing to spread his lies everywhere so to separate us and to divide us more than he already has. And all of that going on has probably left most of us feeling frustrated, to put it mildly. Maybe anger is what the one way you could put it. Now we have debates raging in society and debates raging in the workplace and families are divided because of different stands on different issues and churches even doing the same thing. I remember back when most of the churches were closed and there were some, even mainstream pastors who I wouldn't agree with on most of their theology, but They were doing the courageous thing and wanting to open up. And the comments that I would see that were being said by so-called believers was insane. There's a divide in society. And that's led to a deep frustration that's taken its effect on us a frustration at them them you're one of them aren't you oh i know i know all about you you're one of them hmm how about we just pull the brake on that right there god loves them the one who are who is diametrically opposed to you politically or socially or sexually whatever you want to say god loves them We would do well to remember that. You think you're better than them? That we have some high moral ground or reason to look down on and condemn them and isolate ourselves from them? Again, I say it to you, God loves them. But our our frustration has manifested itself in this way, isolation. I don't want to talk to people like that. And we become closed off. We have a closed off attitude and we find ourselves saying, man, I got to get out of here. This place is really bad. I got to get away. We've all thought it. All of us have thought it. And what, what, what sounds so good in our hearts is if we could just move away from all of them and surround ourselves with a bunch of people that feel the same way as I do and think the same way that I do, and we can have this little same feeling community in a safe place. We can lead a safe, harmless little life where they don't bother us and I don't have to deal with any of that stuff. And, oh, just let them destroy themselves and go to hell in a handbasket. Hmm. Did you forget Jesus died for them? God loves them and we are called to be witnesses to them. In fact, we used to be them. You remember that? Before the Lord found you, before the Lord saved you, we were lost in our sins, serving ourselves and the fallen mind and the fallen flesh. But thank God someone loved us enough to tell us about Jesus and how He could change us. So perhaps we ought, to be, we ought to stop being so frustrated with the things that disrupt our selfish little lives and our selfish little schedules that we don't want bothered. Maybe we should let go of some of that and start loving like Jesus. And it just might be that someone will hear the gospel and someone will feel our Christianity in a real way that impacts them. It causes a change in their life. And yes, I know California happens to be on the cutting edge of man's depravity. We have perfected it. We are furthering it. What do we do? We say, good, the light will shine brighter in the darkness. The gospel will have more of an effect in the darkness. And I pray God would light a fire under us and a fire within us to go reach the communities with the gospel. And it just may be that people we meet and people we talk to who are oppositely opposed to us just might be saved. And you know what? They'll go tell their families and their families might be saved. And we could see some people get right with God. And before you think, oh, those people are too far gone, be careful with that because I bet some of you were too far gone in people's minds before you were saved. But someone loved you enough to reach out to you. And what did God do? He changed you. He set you on the right path. The fields are white and the harvest is ripe. And all is needed is some workers who will get off their lazy rear ends and go share the life-changing Gospel rather than worry about their 401K or their stock options or what raise they can get or where they want to retire. How about we worry about John 3.16? God so loved the world, not the righteous, not the clean, not the ones who are already right with Him, but the world, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 Timothy, God wants all men to be saved. When is the last time those verses have gripped our heart and produced within us a love for all those who are around us? Or do you doubt it as I say those verses? Thinking of those people in your own life with a hard heart saying, nah, they'll never be saved. Oh, Let that go. Let that go and ask God to fill your heart with love. Like real love. Not the love where you kind of stand here behind the pulpit and say, Oh, God loves the world. Let's go witness to them. And then go home and do nothing. How about Jesus-like love? You know, the love that stops and talks to a woman at the well because nobody else is going to talk to her. The love that stops to a blind man along the side of the road. Or a leper. (laughs) You know, the ones who really need Him. And chances are in your life, you know some people that really need Jesus. How about we hit the reset button there and let 2021 be a year where we love. So that Christ can be seen in us. Another one to think about is to let go of bitterness and give forgiveness. Maybe this year brought some hurt. Tensions have been running high. Maybe somebody said something they didn't mean or said something they did mean and did you wrong and caused hurt in some way. There's a lot that could have left us bitter. Not just the year we've faced, but maybe life in general. Things happen. Offenses happen. Hard times happen. And it's very easy for us in our humanity to get bitter. To where we only see the negative in every situation. And in people you only see the negative. And nothing is good and everything stinks. Because we're holding on to a hard and bitter heart. That's a miserable place to be. And it will hold you captive and chain you down and consume your thoughts and heart. We need to let it go. You know, we can hold on to offenses, or hurts for years. And never say anything. And hold, hold them in our heart. And we think we're punishing the other by being bitter and negative. You're not punishing the other person. You're only torturing yourself. You're only chaining yourself up. Maybe something you need to do, because this, this happens more often than you think, maybe something you need to do in your own heart as we get ready to start this new year is let that go and give forgiveness. There's just two places in Scripture I want to set before you and and uh, point you in that direction. The first is this: Jesus is on the cross in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. He says this. Then said Jesus, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." That's always struck me. "Forgive them, Father; they have no idea what they're doing." You know, some people hurt you intentionally. Some people lash out and they they mean what they're doing. We'll get to that in just a sec, but you know, some don't. Not everyone you meet knows the love of God and how we ought to love each other and how we ought to act. And some people are wrapped up in their own struggles or they're just far from God or they lash out and they hurt. Do you understand sometimes we have to let things go and give forgiveness when the per- other person doesn't even know what they've done? Does that make sense? Sometimes we have to just let things go because if not, it will eat our hearts alive. These people who were crucifying Christ, though they knew what they were doing, they didn't know what they were doing. Jesus looks down on them and Pete, he says, Father, forgive them. They have no idea. They had no idea he was the Son of God and who it was they were nailing to that cross and putting to death. You know, there's some people in our lives that we're going to have to forgive and let God deal with. What about those who do hurt us intentionally? Well, Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Do you see you see the bar? Forgive one another, not just sometimes, or when you feel like it, or when, when everything works out good, no. Forgive one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's a high bar, isn't it? well, Pastor, you you don't understand. Some people have hurt me. Some people have done some bad things. There may be some serious offenses, yes. And you may say, "How, how can I ever forgive them? I can't forgive them. It's too much. It's too deep. I understand. But I would simply ask this question in return. How much has God forgiven you of? Isn't it everything? And isn't it every time we ask? Who are we to withhold that from someone? Thinking we hold them in a prison because we won't give forgiveness. No, no, no. We're holding ourselves in a prison. Forgive others as Christ has forgiven you. There's a saying that has stuck with me ever since I heard it. You are never more like God than when you forgive. You're never more like God than when you are forgiven. You want to talk about real Christianity? One that is real in our own hearts and one that is shown in a real way to other people? This is the area where it can be shown the brightest. A gracious, merciful, forgiving heart. And may I say it's an area where you can be freed as well? Because when you have a truly forgiving heart and you have a a heart that understands the grace and mercy of God, those chains of bitterness fall away. So maybe you need to let some things go and give forgiveness. Maybe you need to go home and make a few phone calls later tonight so that forgiveness can come about. Whatever it is, don't carry those chains of bitterness anymore. Last one I want to leave before you as things that we should forget, things that we should reach forward to is is this. Maybe you, this morning, need to let go and let Jesus. Let Him what? Whatever He needs to do. Because I'm pretty sure you know. I'm pretty sure you know. You know the tugging at your heart. The things maybe you've been fighting. Maybe those things I have said over the weeks that have made you mad. But you know down deep they're true. And you've been holding off and pushing back and waiting. I'll take care of it later. Maybe he'll just get on from this subject. Maybe he'll stop talking about. Maybe it's time that that's enough. And it's time for you to let go and trust him time to let go and follow him listen i could stand up here and talk about church and how important it is and it is don't get me wrong it's important that you serve him in his local new testament church and it's important that we live right for him as a witness and if the lord has been drawing you in those ways you need to follow him but i just want to say this morning there is nothing Nothing more important than knowing Jesus as your personal Savior. Nothing. The Bible says this about Him in Acts chapter 4, and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You know, there's a lot of things in this world that promises to save you, to, to deliver you. Political parties promise deliverance. Programs promise deliverance. This new vaccine carries the promise of deliverance. And there's a myriad of counselors and stores full of self-help books to try to tell you how to deliver yourself. There is the false promise that money makes everything better. and If you can just get this and get that, way, you'll be delivered on and on and on. Deliverers are all around you, it seems. May I say that no one and nothing can truly save you or deliver you like Jesus. Salvation is found in no other. There is no other name upon whom we call that saves us. It's Jesus. Jesus who died on the cross for your sin. The sins you know about, maybe no one else does. Every sinful thought, every sinful action. Those sins that separate you from God and sins that bring His wrath and eternal judgment and an eternal hell. Sin whose wages is death. Oh, Jesus brings the gift of eternal life and of forgiveness of sin. Christ brings us forgiveness and justification. He died to set us free from sin and free from our bondage to it. Nothing else can deliver you like Jesus. No one else can deliver you like Him. But you must trust Him. You must place your faith in Him. It's believing Simply trusting that He died for you on that cross, that He took your place and bore the wrath of God for your sin, that His precious blood was shed for you, to cleanse you and to forgive you if you would believe. Do you this morning? Do you know your own sins and your own sinful condition? And do you know that if you pass from this life in your sins, you face Almighty God? It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment, the Bible says. And so many think they're going to stand before God and there's going to be some kind of scale, and all your so called good deeds and good actions will be on one and all your sins on the other. (laughs) Problem is, the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. None. And what will you say, God, look at my money? Look at all that I got while I was down here. Look at all my human accomplishments. (laughs) Or will you say, I have believed in Jesus. I am saved from sin. I pray that you can say that there's a point in your life that you have trusted and called out to faith in Him. And that you know Your sins have been forgiven. And if you don't, you can even know that today if you would call out to Him in faith and ask Him to save you. Don't push it off. Don't run from that conviction that you may be feeling. There is such peace and joy on the other side of that if you would trust Him. If you would just believe and surrender it all to Him and say, forgive me and save me, the Bible says He will. That is the most important thing you must do in your life is trust Him as Savior. And again, there's so much that happens after that and living for Him and being a witness to those around, but it all starts there. Maybe you've been holding on to some things that have been in the way of that. My prayer is that you simply let those go and trust Christ. I want to finish up with one last thought. Something Paul mentions in verse 14 of our text. He says, I press toward the mark or the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that high calling of God? Well, Paul describes it. It's to be like Christ. It's to know Christ fully. And it's someday to stand with Christ knowing I've done my best to be faithful to Him. You see, there's coming a day when all of this is going to be over. And we will finally be with God for eternity. And at that moment, everything that we have done for Him will matter. Serving Him as part of His church and living our lives for Him. And Paul says, I'm looking forward to that day, so I'm reaching forward and I'm living for Him right here and right now. I'm not there yet, but I, I can't wait to get there and I want to be at that mark so I'm, I'm leaving some things behind that are getting in the way and I'm pressing on, reaching forth to be found faithful in Him, to know Him in the power of His resurrection, the things He says in, in the above verses. You see, what we do right here and right now, how we live our life, it matters. I'm living my whole life to hear one statement. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's it. There's no other greater thing I can ever imagine than to have Jesus say, well done, you did well. wasn't perfect, no. (laughs) But you, you did well and you were faithful to me. So you know what? I'm going to let go of some things in the past, some things that are getting in the way and I want to stretch forth, reach forth to some godly things. So that means how I handle the circumstances that are going around, it matters. Not just now, but eternally. And if my heart is, is blocked by bitterness or frustration or whatever it may be and I, I'm not living like I should and I'm not being the witness that I should, that's getting in the way of right here and it's getting in the way of eternally. So it becomes very important to let some things go now, doesn't it? When that day comes, either by His return or our going to Him, how will you enter in? Will you enter into heaven a bitter, frustrated, fearful believer who really has done nothing He's asked of you, having never led anyone to Christ, barely darkening the door of a church, doing things your way and expecting Him to be impressed? Hey, God, I did it my way. He's not going to be impressed with that. He said, what did you do? I told you what to do. He didn't listen. Or will we let some things go, press on towards, reach out towards living for Him and letting Him be seen? Do you know there's nothing more Christ-like than someone who is following God in faith, not fear, who has a loving, forgiving heart, And is letting Jesus work in them. How are you doing in that this morning? Did it get off the rails this past year? It seems like everything is just a mess and you can't make head or tails. Maybe today, right here and right now, is when you need to hit the reset button. Let go of some of those and start reaching forward, pressing forward to the mark which is Christ. I want to urge you to take time to do just that. In the moment, we're going to have an invitation. It's simply a time that we look within our own hearts and see where we might need to change, where we might need strength, where we might need a reset. And my prayer is that as we do that, you would not shrug it off or that you would not ignore it. You would not continue to fight whatever the Lord is leading you in, but that you would let it go. And surrender to Him. And for those who are tuning in, even as we end the stream in just a few minutes, use the time. There in your home, take a few moments of silence and pray. There with your family or individually or wherever the Lord is leading you to do, use the time to let go of what what you might be carrying around that's weighing you down. Maybe let those go and press forward to living for Him. Let's pray. Father, I ask that You use these words in ways that I can't imagine or think of, that You would speak to all of our hearts. You know the things we all carry in our own hearts and the things that are getting in the way, Lord. Help each one of us to let those go, to turn our back on them, to forget them, and to press forward in living for You, Lord, as, as we seek to be pleasing to You. Lord, You know each heart and You know each need here, Lord. And I pray that You would draw as, as Your Spirit leads, Lord, that if there's one who does not know You as Savior, that even now as we come to a time of invitation, that You would draw them and show them their sin and Christ on the cross, our Savior. Lord, if we need strength or we need to continue to follow whatever the need is, You know. And so I pray that You would move among us by Your Spirit and lead as You see fit and help us to follow. I ask this in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.